Medium Cool, a movie podcast. I'm your host, Austin Glidden, and you know, usually at this point, I would drop all of our social media information and everything, but quite frankly, I don't give a fuck. I'm not doing anything with anything other than Instagram. So if you want to check us out, go to Medium Cool Pod on Instagram. Uh, the Twitter's still up. The Facebook's still up. I'm not going to like get rid of them. It's just, quite frankly, I just don't care enough. Uh, and I say Twitter X, if you will, X. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, Instagram is where I'm going to do most of the updates and, and most of the, uh, the stuff there, social media related, just FYI, uh, you know, I'll rework and, uh, you know, reprogram my brain, uh, to do an intro with Instagram at least. Um, and we'll see, I have some ideas for YouTube and stuff. We'll, we'll see what happens, but for today. I invite Joe Shearer back from last week, whenever Joe Shearer and Matthew Sosi and I did our top 10 films of 2023. And uh, this week, Joe and I, since Medium Cool Pod uh, basically didn't exist for the vast majority of uh, 2023, uh, I thought we would just kind of recap our feelings about uh, the worst and the movies that let us down and uh, the movies that deserve to be talked about, the ones we were really excited about or that were interesting or weird that we just think people should know about, but we don't really have a reason to talk about them, and we didn't get an opportunity to talk about them when we saw them. So uh, yeah, basically today is just Joe and I having a whole lot of fun talking about 2023, and we start off with the worst of 2023, and I don't know if I could go off more about the movie that was so easily the worst movie of 2023 to me i can't even uh, i mean let me just clarify i missed a lot of stuff that probably is worse because guess what i don't have to watch it uh but uh wait till you hear my pick uh basically uh all that to say uh, i always love having joe on i always appreciate him taking the time to talk with me so you know without further ado here is joe shearer and i talking about 2023 in the movies. All right, Joe, we are here to review the films of 2023 since Medium Cool was largely, it was like mid-February whenever we stopped. So yeah. this is just you and I looking back. We did our top 10. You know, we, we had a little chat at the end of some of Matthew Sosi's uh, you know, honorable mentions, but this this is a chance for us to dig into some other titles, some of the worst, some of the lets down, some of the. Actually, I have a category of horror that I want to talk about a little bit, oh, actually. Um, okay. And then just some honorable mentions slash interesting movies. I think that's like the best yeah. way to put it. Sure. Are you ready, my friend? I am ready to go. Okay, uh, so uh, this is for all the listeners. This is a free for all. Uh, we, we're literally we have our letterbox open, <laughs> our letterbox <laughs> accounts open, and we're just going for it because there's just too much to talk about. Um, but I do want to start with one movie that I, I, I feel so passionately against. Joe. Okay, <laughs> and right. I don't think you saw this according to letterbox, but uh -huh. but. I, I have a question to pose to you at the end to see what you think of this, but mm -hmm. the worst movie mm -hmm. of 2023 by a mile 
the first movie I've given a half star, and the only reason is because it was successfully made from beginning to end, and I can't bring myself to give it zero. Plus, how uh-huh. would I ever know I rated it? It would just be zero. The point is, yeah, it's the lowest rating I'm ever going to give. I can't remember the last time I gave this rating. This is Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. <laughs> yeah. And let's talk about how fucking terrible this movie is. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't even really want to waste my breath on how just kind of incoherent, how completely incompetent the camera work is. It's just so boring and lame, how completely uh, far fetched or, 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 or uh, grasping at straws. The people had to be where mm-hmm. as soon as, as Winnie the Pooh goes into public domain, the, 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 yes. the idea of Winnie the Pooh, not the Disney Winnie, mm-hmm. um, they decide to take Winnie the Pooh and make a horror movie. There's already a second one greenlit, which makes me want to cry. Uh, <laughs> I will probably not see it on principle. I can't bring uh-huh. myself to support such drivel. Um, I can't speak poorly enough about this. I hated being in the theater. I went in excited. I thought this would be a ridiculous thing. Mm-hmm. I hated every minute of the theater. I was even there with like close friends. And all of us were like, this is really terrible. It wasn't even the kind of thing I could like laugh at when people were killed or uh-huh. like it was just horrible. You didn't see this, did you? I did not see this. I I heard about it, obviously. Um, and I heard pretty horrible things. So I just and and I actually thought about it a couple of times turning it on and and then um other better things came to mind and so i so literally anything else yeah yeah. yes so i just i was just looking it up a little bit while you were talking um the director of this movie is reese frake waterfield and he has quite that so he's also the writer credited writer uh reese frake waterfield and a.a milne (laughs) for this movie which is something but um he is uh quite the i don't know what you would call him ripoff horror artist parody artist whatever you want to say um he's got in production or boy he put out two four six films in 2023 six but you can tell like you can see it watching this like it looks like a rushed forced Uh uh-huh oh man it'd be really cool to be the first ones to put out a winnie the pooh movie yeah horrible and yeah, and so among his other movies released this year, there's one called Freddy's Fridays, which is totally not Five Nights at Freddy's, like not at all. Like it doesn't. Yeah, definitely look- <laughs> not. Especially when you look at the poster. Right. Yes. This is no. Don't do not confuse this. There's also one called Sky Monster, and I'm just like looking at the the art for it, the poster art for it. It looks like a cross between Art the Clown from Terrifier and the cloverfield monster um there's some tentacles in there and i in an airplane and i don't i don't know that's all i got for that what the fuck is the response <laughs> you know yeah fire nato you know we just have fire in our tornadoes no sharks yeah yep the yeah. loch ness horror i mean dude it's just bad snake yeah. hotel in case anyone needed that yeah. um <clears throat> let me tell you that this movie Honestly, like, dude, you know, I don't know what the last movie for you was. Maybe it was one of the two that you mentioned to me a moment ago (laughs) where it honestly, I left the theater and felt kind of defeated. Yeah. Like 
I was just like, God, like, is this really what we're doing? Like, it was just such a like it. There are movies you can see like everything everywhere all at once. And you go, wow, there is still something to be said in film, right? Like there's yeah. something to be done. This makes me have full of be full of hope. Mm-hmm. The the antithesis of that is Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. <laughs> that just makes yes. me feel like nothing will ever be good again. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I feel like this is hyperbole and to an extent it is, I'm sure. But this is honestly how I feel in the moment right now. Like, yeah. like I hate this movie. And and my question to you real quick, and I don't want to harp on. We've already talked like six minutes about this stupid sure. fucking movie. But mm. like <clears throat> there are other things like I think Steamboat Willie. Yeah. Mickey Mouse is about to go in and yep. people are speculating like, all right, who's going to make the first horror movie with Steamboat Willie? Like, what do you think of this? Do you think this is actually going to take off and people are just really going to try to make some dumb bullshit? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, and, and I was going to mention that one, um, that that's happening. That is happening from what I understand. I kind of thought maybe this guy, these people um, were behind that movie also, but I don't see it. So on their IMDb anyway, so I don't know. Um, I mean, but this this has been around, honestly, for forever and ever, you know, I mean, these parody versions there's the asylum people who did a lot of ripoff there was like transmorphers and you know the low budget like alien robots are invading and you know there's like i don't know there was titanic two years ago um there i mean there's just always these kind of parody movies i I don't think that's kind of new in itself um I, i think that I think that because it's Winnie the Pooh, because it was this kind of beloved children's property, that it got a little bit of extra attention and, you know, a little light shined on itself and um, caught fire, which I think is what these people hoped. So I think that this was a sort of a best case scenario for them. <laughs> because yeah, I mean, they, let, you know, I'll say this. I, if, if someone's going to get a bag, right, like they're going to mm-hmm. get their money. Mm-hmm. And this is going to springboard them to something better. This yeah. can be the blemish on their record that was their foot in the door, right? Like, yeah. like I'm 100%, but I'm telling you, this did them no favors. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's the worst part, you know, yeah. because I'm looking at this fucking Steamboat Willie movie, uh-huh. this horror movie, which people can look up on IMDb. And mm-hmm. first off, I have to say the director is Stephen Lamort. Uh-huh. Uh, which uh, Lamort means death, by the way. Uh, in <laughs> sure, that's like, his real name, like or Lamorte, or how, I don't know how <laughs> they would pronounce this, but uh, that's a pretty great name for someone who does horror movies. He mm-hmm. also has a hilarious picture because he's just smiling really big on IMDb, but all of his <laughs> movies are these really horrible looking, like "Bury Me Twice" or uh, you know "Memory Lane" or "Daughters of Legends." You know, like all of these titles. Um, and, uh, he's doing this stupid fucking mouse. God damn it. <laughs> I, I just, I'm like so disappointed in this. Like, uh, it's yeah. like, if something's actually good, it makes me not want to like it on principle. Yeah. And I'm going to uh-huh. really try hard not yeah. to let that happen. Yeah. Uh, so, it's so forced. do you like it because it's mining these Disney characters or because they did a poor job of creating a horror movie? Poor job. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. If you can make a badass horror mm-hmm. movie with winnie the pooh yeah fucking bring it bro <laughs> like like i am like that would actually be great right mm-hmm. uh sure. but but i have no problem people running with different ideas and mm-hmm. and taking advantage of public domain 100 percent. it's just don't rush it just so you're the and 
I, I am projecting a lot onto the filmmaker here. I don't mm-hmm. know if they I, maybe this was a passion project sincerely and they've been planning on this for years, maybe, but it doesn't feel that way. It feels like someone threw something together because they realized too late that Winnie the Pooh was about to go into public domain. It felt like uh, like those movies, kind of like Hobo with the Shotgun and stuff, not to speak to the quality of those, but those kind of retro yeah. grindhouse movies mm-hmm. that um, feel way more like an like it's all just pastiche and homage and there's yeah. no actual substance there. It's just let's just like do all the really obvious stuff, even though a lot of grindhouse shit and exploitation movies was actually like filmmakers passionate about wanting to make a thing. But the yeah. studio was like, you have to have like tits and ass and you have to have like some like gruesome murders. But if you do that, you can make the love story. You want, you know, like, right. <laughs> like you know, um, yes. So it's that sort of a thing, uh, and 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 I get that. And then what people doing the retro grindhouse thing do now is they're like, let's focus on all of just the exploitation, and it's like that's void of all the things, you know. I don't know, yeah. man. I, I I'm just disappointed in it. So mm-hmm. uh, all that said, d- did you want to go into any worsts, or do you want to move on? Because I don't want to <laughs> yeah. force you into that category, but I know you no. have mentioned a couple. So yeah, no, no, I no, I have two that I want to mention. Um, and I and I honestly I mentioned them last week, but I want to just you know drive home this point um, that and I haven't seen either one of these by the way. So this is pretty much all you, and I'll comment yeah, where I can. Yeah, listen, listen. So uh, don't please don't um, like don't even bother. So the my my worst movie of the year is White Men Can't Jump. This is um, obviously if if you've never heard of the original White Men Can't Jump, it starred Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes, and is a Jesus Christ, it is a, a wonderful, beautiful film about... It is actually surprisingly delightful. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, it's like it kicked off the, like, the the whole 90s era of trash talking. And, and you know, there's, like, a lot of racial tension. In, and it's done in mostly a fun way. You know, it's it's kind of a... Um, I, I wrote in my review of this movie, actually, I think that it was sort of a, a counterpoint to movies like Boys in the Hood that you know that that at the time you know that was coming out i believe they came out the same year i think they both came out in 92 um where you know whereas this racial tension between a white man and a black man and they bond over it instead of fighting over it this movie takes all of the great stuff about that movie all of the best stuff about that movie and stuffs it in the trash can and is just like okay well we need like a black dude and a white dude and um I don't know. They're kind of hustling people in basketball and they kind of play basketball. Let's make the one guy instead of like, let's make the the Woody Harrelson guy. A, I, I don't know, a like a, a hippie spiritual healer type. And then the other guy is a, um, the other guy's like an ex college basketball. star, and, and it's just like, they're just like, I don't know. And then they, you know, and then they like sanitize it all down to like Disney, like Disney type levels. I mean, this is, I think this was produced by Disney and, and then they, proceed to be like oh this also needs to be like hooded up a little bit so they like use the n-word a lot so there's a it's like it feels like the disney channel made a an r-rated kind of like racial basketball drama comedy <laughs> and well, none of it worked it, what it sounds like harlow. oh sorry go, go ahead. ahead go ahead no i was gonna say jack harlow the the rapper is the the woody harrelson character and let me look at the other guy Cinqua walls who sort of looks like Dwayne wade um, like just in his face kind of resembles him. He plays the Wesley Snipes character. They're terrible. There's a couple of like homages 
um if you know the original movie where um the, uh, a guy like they hustle this guy and he ends up like running out to his car to get his gun and he and oh, so yeah. they like take off running there's like this mad dash well they have that scene but the guy instead of having a gun he has a flamethrower and it's like where did this guy <laughs> in the hood get a flamethrower and why does he have it yeah and and it's like and there you know it, it's just like this very you can just see the executives going oh well i mean it's got we got to up the stakes you can't have a handgun how about like how about a flamethrower and it's like no so anyway they're um the rosie perez character is uh reduced to like just one note and it's uh laura harrier sorry laura harrier who i knew from spider-man homecoming um she plays the the girlfriend character listen it's got none of the charm of the original movie so i talked uh, a lot about it so that's about as much as i'm gonna say about it well let me let me say one thing real quick This is a problem with a lot of remakes and franchise reboots and and reimaginings. Yeah. With White Man Can Jump, from what you're saying, now again, listeners, I have not seen this, but based on what you're telling me, it sounds like they took the premise of White Man Can't Jump, Mm -hmm. but left all the subtext. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, even if they do talk about race, it's like, there are two things that make the original White Man Can't Jump. And I watched this last year like okay yeah. so like i actually saw it relatively recently and it's actually a delight uh yeah. i didn't expect to like it as much as i did and i had a great time watching it i mean yeah. I, I don't think it's like phenomenal but man go watch it like the original is yeah. really fun yeah but woody harrelson is a hustler basically he's yeah. this white farm boy basically mm-hmm. no like no he goes to courts and then when people are like like, oh, man, you need another player. Like, of course, they're going to pick him because he intentionally dresses a certain way. And yeah. like he wants to look like a fuck up. So when they get him, he can kick ass. Right. Yeah. Um, and and Wesley Snipes is a proper hustler. Right. Like mm-hmm. he's he is very good at the game. But once he gets this, he's like, we can make money on this, though. And that's kind of yeah. the premise. And that's where their relationship begins. And obviously they hate each other at the beginning. And it's, it's almost like, uh, it's almost like lethal weapon minus the cops. It's like, yes. like, the, you know, it's like, it's like they hate each other, but eventually they learn to understand each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's just like a lovely movie. And part of the other part of that too, other than like this, the racial subtext and just the general story being fun and, the relationship between Woody Harrelson and, and Rosie Perez being fun is yeah. like the uh, um, performances in general. Like Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes are so good in that. Like yeah. so funny, like genuinely entertaining yeah. to watch. You you watch that and you realize why they were popular, you know, like, oh, yeah, they, they, there's just a certain charm. And so in order to re like like that movie shouldn't exist and shouldn't be good. Right. But it does. And it is. And it is. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Uh-huh. Yeah. And so to to choose that of all things to remake a movie yeah. that shouldn't exist and shouldn't be good yet it does. And it is. And yes. you want to remake that magic? Yes. Fuck off, bro. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So well, on on your recommendation, I will not uh, see it. Well, yeah. And the, <laughs> the and the other thing about this is that, and there's even a, there's a line of dialogue in the movie where, um, they talk about how that notion of because that was the notion, right? It was like you know Larry Bird was the quintessential basketball player, you know, versus Michael Jordan, and it was yep. like, and it was like, well, you know, like Larry Bird can't jump, like because he's white. 
And so that's the stereotype of that movie. Here in this movie, at the very beginning, they point out the kind of how it's a modern fallacy. It's like it's no longer relevant. Like there are lots of the, the, the movie came out in a year where a white guy won the NBA slam dunk contest. And it's like <laughs> this movie is not like already just from the title, it's not relevant. Like you're and and it's also like they don't really take advantage of that in the hustling side of it. And it's I don't know. It just like nothing works about it. And it it made me angry. Every moment of that movie made me angrier than the last and until it was over. And I just had kind of my my, I, I ended up writing uh, the review I wrote about it, the take, I, which is a takedown. Um, I would, you know, say go go see it at Midwest Film Journal. Um, it's one of the favorite things I've ever written, and mostly because <laughs> I talk so much about the original <laughs> as opposed to this one. And I, I just, I was done, and I was like, I'm just really proud of that that piece. Um, so yeah, so That's please great. miss that if you. If there's any way that you can, Miss Whiteman, the Whiteman can't jump Okay, in. so don't watch it, but go to Midwest Film Journal and check out Joe's review of it, all right? Read my review. Um, give, give me the other one. I'm actually surprised that you have such strong feelings about this one because uh, yeah. for as much of as a spread as it has on Letterboxd, mm-hmm. it is largely favorable, and, and, yeah. and I'm not saying that means much of anything. I'm just saying no. generally when it's like that, I don't hate it even if i don't like it do you get what i'm saying yeah you have strong feelings about this yeah yeah this so this has it's actually 86 percent on rotten tomatoes uh last time i checked it's wonka uh the timothy chalamet version of wonka that just came out um yeah so uh yeah so my girlfriend alicia and i watched this and she's very into musicals she's been she'd been wanting to watch it and we started and it starts off with just tone deaf singing from timothy chalamet and boring like every moment of this movie bored me to death every song like she was getting angry like listen like we listen to show tunes in the car because she loves show tunes like she's got her kids like on the nightmare before christmas she yeah. loves muppet christmas care like we're we're watching listening to musicals all like far more than i would like <laughs> so, have you taken and, her to mean girls yet the new mean no, girls, which is a actually, musical and she actually doesn't isn't really interested in seeing that oddly it's actually also, quite and, good and she really okay well i'll i'll I'm just say she loves the original too she quotes the original you know all the time like very frequently uh, um, don't tell her this but i think it's better i'm just okay. saying i'm all just right. saying okay uh, now listen right. well, do i tell love this movie still... do i love this movie no i also don't love the original though so that's going to be a, that's going to be a very big kind of thing yeah. i do like the original i just don't love it i like the this new one i actually think it's quite well done uh my wife daughter and i went to see it uh last weekend mm-hmm. uh when it came out and uh yeah. it was a fun time so my you just said the show tunes thing um yeah. like my family was like singing the songs afterward like it, it's nice. just it's pretty catchy um yeah. and honestly it's just not bad and i thought it was gonna be horrible yeah, that's a 2024 movie. We're not there yet, folks. Okay, <laughs> so continue with Wonka. I apologize <laughs> yeah. and I digress. Yeah. So yeah, so Wonka, I I just feel like it told me a story I didn't give a single damn about seeing. Um, I and I love I love the you know Gene Wilder, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Is it Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Yep, Willy yep, Wonka yep. and the Chocolate Factory. Charlie. And, the, and, the, and yeah. I I enjoy the Johnny Depp version, um, but this one just felt like it just started off with a bad song and then there was another bad song and then there was another bad song. And in between that, there were just things that I didn't care about at all. That was not interesting. I didn't find it charming or fun or heartwarming or whatever the hell the people are saying about it. 
um i i just i very strongly disliked it and and it got to the point of of anger uh we were sitting here so we you know again i had a um for your consideration copy of the movie that i was watching and i was sitting here watching it and and it you know the sitting at home so i didn't even pay money for it if i had paid money for it boy i would really mad um <laughs> a whole half <laughs> star down because you had to pay for it right yeah but um no so at, at one point there's this you know like oh, the songs are about chocolate like the songs are about not it's not a, so much about willy wonka's dreams as it is about like the capitalism of it all that's what it felt like to me it's like he's not a capitalist but also he sort of is and it was like you know he's like i want to give chocolate to everyone and, and like everyone's stonewall it's just like it's just this normal like wall street it's like wall street with chocolate you know where yeah. it's like this fight over over territory and you know making money like it's, it's sort of like you know the, the wolf of wall street maybe is a more contemporary example of that but it, it's like dumbed down watered down wolf of wall street and i just hated every second of it the one the one song he's talking about chocolates and and it's it's one of those songs that annoys me because they're like we're gonna make up a word to to rhyme with something and so it's like put your hands in your pocalets and i'm like good god and then they like repeat <laughs> that again and then they say it again it's like 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 listen it's one thing when you make up a word like you're like oh it's good that'll be kind of witty and silly and clever and then it's like one thing when you do that once but like they built the song around pocalets <laughs> and i'm like no you're not allowed to do that you get one time for that that's it you know how and, i know you're serious <laughs> and no one else listening will know because i can tell by your face <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah so anyway if you love uh wonka i don't like you i'm just gonna say it like that i don't like you if you like that movie because I was so angry and mad about that. I'm joking, obviously. Um, uh, you know, I, I have a very respectful, you know, view of movies in general. Go see whatever and enjoy whatever movies you like. I really hated this one. And um, if if you want to get mad at me for that, that's fine. Go yeah, ahead. You can send all hate mail to uh, <laughs> Joe Shearer at, on Twitter. Um, no. Uh, okay. 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 So, so those were some of the worsts. Uh -huh. Okay. For you, yep. uh, uh, Wonka and uh, what was the other one? Wonka and White Men Can't Jump. See, see, it was already a success. I forgot about it already. Thank you. I mean, that's good. Like, that's that's, that's what yes, we want. I, in this. Listen, I, and then, my job is done. <laughs> yeah, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, horrible, abhorrent. Yeah. Um, I would watch. See, I'm going to see Wonka eventually, I'm sure, just with my yeah. family. It's, it's just going to happen. And we'll see how I feel about it. I'll report back. Uh, it, but here's the thing. Once you see Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, everything's just better. Yeah. So we'll I, see. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so so I, I want to touch on, and you don't have to do any of these. If you think of some, you're welcome to. I just want to do a couple of letdowns. It's not that I don't like these movies. It's just I expected them to be up top, and they're a little down low. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we got maybe we got one or two um, that will be the same. Okay, because because <laughs> uh, there's one that's number 25 on my list that I thought was going to be an easy top five. Yeah. And I'll mm -hmm. start with that one. That's Infinity Pool Okay, um, by Brandon Cronenberg. I was a yep. massive fan, if you remember. It was my number two that year of Possessor. Yep. Love Possessor. I love his style. Um, uh, Mia Goth, obviously, as always, I'll say great in Infinity Pool, I think like there there are good things. So don't get me wrong. Yeah. 
But man, this movie, like, okay, cool, classism, and and these people have money so they can get away with their, like, I get your message here, right? Yeah. And I just don't, there just wasn't enough weird shit like there was in Possessor for me to care. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So oh, yeah. It was, I, I, I share that. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I don't need to talk too long about it because I believe Sam and I, uh, Sam Watermeyer and I covered this back in February when I saw it, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, I remember talking about it at one point because I remember he said uh, that he had a screener or something of the unrated version. And he's like, oh, no, there was semen in mine. <laughs> <laughs> I remember talking about that. So uh, I didn't have the semen version. We'll say it that okay. way. Um, but anyways, I, so I was I was kind of I was kind of let down uh, with Infinity Pool because I really thought it was going to be way up high again. Yeah. I don't dislike the movie. I would actually like to watch it again to see if I get anything new out of it. But yeah. overall, I was I wouldn't say bored, but I just I uh, I just was very underwhelmed from beginning mm-hmm. to end. There are great things in it, um, but as a whole, I don't think great is a great way to describe it personally. Yeah. Um, the other one that let me down is I am actually a huge fan of the Creed series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I love Creed one Creed two. Mm-hmm. I like less, but I still very much like it. Yeah, man. Creed three was a big letdown for me. Creed three mm-hmm. is actually number 37. Yeah. Bro. And I didn't uh-huh. expect it to be top 10, but maybe honorable mention territory. Yeah. And it is low. Listen, uh, it's, so it's 64 on my list. There you go. And you probably <laughs> saw twice as many movies as me. But the point uh-huh. is like, yeah, still like that's come on. Yeah. Um. I, I, I think the idea, I think there are ideas there, but man, it left me pretty cold. So yeah. uh, Creed 3, not great. Did you have any any letdowns that you wanted to bring up? Yeah, I mean, listen, I would share the thought on Creed 3 that I I love the first two so much. Uh, like with my entire being, um, I I was very into the, the into Creed, into Creed 2. Uh, I loved Rocky 4 as one of my all-time favorite movies like is as ridiculous as it is like it was one of the formative movies of my life and um creed 2 was such a great you know like extension of that movie to me um but this one yeah it just didn't have it just i don't know it just felt cold i think it i think it suffered not having stallone in it as weird as that is as as much as at times he could be a distraction and i kind of thought that this movie wouldn't suffer but it did um not having stallone in it um creed, yeah in the story go ahead sorry i was just gonna say creed one and two with stallone just to, since you brought it up i'll just yeah. interrupt there because um uh, stallone has been pretty lackluster and probably about the yeah. last 10 15 20 years yeah um, but in creed one and two he's fucking awesome yeah mm-hmm. and so uh, I actually rewatched one and two so i could watch three because i'd seen both of them but i watched two on an airplane yeah uh, so it was like, I really want to like get into it and then watch three. So I remember everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, three, it's like, I think I think you could easily make a Creed movie that's good without Stallone. But it just oh, felt yeah. like Stallone was like, I know the controversy behind it, but it felt like yeah. they just forced him out. Like, where is he, though? You know what I'm right, saying? Like, yeah. Like, there's not a like, single mention of him. Yeah. And yeah. there's not a reason, really. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and I understand that, like. I understand that Michael B. Jordan was talking about like, I just don't think this uh, this specific film is Rocky's story anymore. Like this is very yeah. much Creed's story. Yeah. And and I get that it is. But it, I mean, at least have him at the beginning, just like, yeah. 
you know, I gotta go away for a while, you know, or whatever, yeah. like something, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like something, or let him fucking die. Like I don't give right. a shit. Like so, something, because that was weird. But like also just the story. I, at first, I thought it was gonna be cool, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. But man, after the first act, I where I thought that rising action was gonna happen, it just yep. was flat for me, man. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even the end wasn't a huge payoff like normal. It was shot differently, and I mm-hmm. love the way the first two are shot. So mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah. It was a letdown. But uh, so you shared Creed three though. Let's move on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, what other he- ones? Here's here's the the elephant in the room that we talked about a lot is uh, the Iron Claw is my other letdown. Um, and and uh, you know, and, and I, I don't know. Did we touch on it last week? I know we talked about it, but. I don't know if we were if we, we didn't were touch on anything like this. I don't think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh uh, uh, yeah. I think before we started recording, we did talk for just a little bit about how it didn't quite reach what yeah. we expected. Um, yes. But actually, this is one I wanted to talk about in general. It's just not in my letdowns, but I think uh-huh. this is a good place to do it. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 So you know, and and I I think I'm a couple of years older than you, and I I had a lot of you know, and obviously we're both wrestling fans. If you've been listening to this podcast, you would know that. Um, we, you know, we, we both are very big into wrestling. I was, I was, this was the golden age of wrestling for me was when the Von Erichs ruled Texas in the, you know, the early to mid eighties and into the, even into the early nineties, I guess, technically, um, with, especially with Kerry Von Erich, um, hitting the WWF, but the, and this story is one of the great tragedies. And I, and I remember watching, and I remember, I mean, I picked up, I was, I lived in Germany in 87 and I picked up a wrestling magazine to see, uh, to read the story about Mike Von Erich committing suicide. And it was yep. devastating. All of these were so devastating. And, and Carrie's story was so inspirational with the, the winning the title from McFlair and, you know, and, you know, and like just this family was just cursed seemingly with, you know, with suicides and untimely deaths and, you know, mysterious things happening. And it was, I, when I heard this movie was coming out, I was like, oh yeah, Sean Durkin's making this movie. It, it's going to be, man, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to, you know, and I thought this is going to be an all time great for me. Like I was like holding a spot at the top of my yeah. list. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and, and th- so this was, I believe on both, if I might be mistaken, you can go back and listen to our most anticipated of 2023, but I'm pretty sure it was on mine and it might've mm-hmm. been on yours. Certainly. And yeah. this, just to give people a uh, reference here, this dude is the guy that did Marcy uh, or Martha, Marcy, May Marlene. Yep. What a moody fucking movie. So <laughs> yes. automatically, like when I saw that in the nest on there as his past work, I'm like, Oh, well this isn't just going to be like your standard fucking Ron Howard biopic. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like this is going to be moody and and uh-huh. have some vibes. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know, in but yeah, and and you're right. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a a character study of this family and you know, you would see great interplay between them and there would be a lot of like, you know, it would be this group of brothers who, you know, have like went through this tragedy over and over until, you know, basically they're all going. Um, sorry, I don't, I don't want to spoil it if you still haven't seen it too much, but like, this is a real story. So kind of understand, but what, what happened kind of left me cold, um, uh, the same way, you know, as you mentioned with Creed three, that it, it, it just felt like after a while, it was just like, here's something that happens and here's something that happens and here's something that happens. And it's like, we're sort of sad about this, but you know, and, and I get that there's some, you know, I, I think there's a, a little bit of, I think Durkin maybe was trying to capture a little bit of like the, 
the way that Fritz ruled his sons. And, you know, there's a scene where he orders them not to cry at, at the funeral of one of them. And he's like, I don't want to see you crying. Take those sunglasses off. And, it, you know, and it's like a man doesn't do that. And there's this like toxic masculinity kind of permeating the movie, but it's also pushed to the background so much that you don't get that. And also like the wrestling culture also was very toxic for them. And, and you kind of only get a little bit of that. And I would have liked to have seen it be a little more, I'll go a little harder and stronger and, and really explore the brothers a little bit more than they did. And again, I get this, you know, there were a lot of them. They, you know, we, we, I think we talked about last week, how they had to cut one of like one of the brothers. It was uh, maybe one of the, maybe the most tragic of them all. They just cut from the movie because his story, he was sort of more low profile than the others, but there's... Real quick, the, the filmmaker said that uh, that was like one of the harder decisions Sean Durkin had yeah. to do mm-hmm. or to make was cutting Chris out of it. That's why we were yeah. joking about Chris a lot last week. Um, mm-hmm. It's the younger brother that uh, basically died similarly, if I'm not mistaken, to Mike. Yeah. And so yeah, he, uh, and, he committed and some, suicide. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. And so. Um, well, based on a lot of suicide trigger warning. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. But um, anyways, so. Uh, yeah, so Chris was really close, and Sean Durkin didn't feel like he had enough time to tell such a similar story to Mike's. He felt like he could make the Mike character in the movie kind of be a little of both. Yeah. Um, but he ran this by Kevin Von Erich because his goal was, I don't want to make anything. I don't want anything in the movie that Kevin won't approve of, right? Yeah. And Kevin's like, oh, that makes total sense. Like, he was 100%. I don't really care that Chris isn't in it, but I, but quite frankly though, like I I mirror so much of what you're saying. I'll let you finish up because I I, I have something to say, but keep Mm -hmm. going. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I'm not even necessarily opposed to that choice either um, because it, it doesn't, it, at that point it would just be overkill because it's like the, the points made, right? Like this, just the tragedy of this family, but the problem is it's a lot of, it ends up being a lot of setup. It's like, okay, well, here's this guy like suddenly is having this issue and we know it's going to foretell something horrible that's going to happen. And then that horrible thing happens pretty much in the next scene or two. And then the same thing happens to another character. Yeah. It's like the same thing happens to another character and another character. And it's like just over and over. It's just like, you know, rinse and repeat. And none of them have the impact that that they should have. Um, And, and you also don't really get to see kind of their rise in the way that you, if they had been, you, it's basically like sweaty dream sequences almost where they're wrestling. And then yeah. it's like, that's a very short thing. And then it's like, okay, now they're out in this place. And okay, now Kevin's going on a date with this girl. And then it's like, okay, now they're married. And it's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> it's like, Development's wait a what we're getting at. There, yeah, there's, yeah. It, it lacks development, and and it's being praised a lot by people for mm-hmm. not essentially being like grief porn or like, or yeah. like uh, that. That might not be the right term, but term, but um, uh, like uh, sad porn, basically. You know, like like yeah, it, yeah. it really tries to focus on the brothers and their relationship and all that. Yeah. But I would argue that it lacks development, and and that's yeah. basically what you're saying. Because exactly. legit, I think it's the first time we see Mike in the ring, maybe the second. Mm-hmm. Then his accident happens. Yes. And yeah. then it leads almost a direct line to mm-hmm. his end. That's all I'll yeah. say. 
Um, I, I like you. This is a true story that's been around for a long time. It's like seeing Titanic and not knowing the boat goes down. Granted, right. granted, I know the Von Erichs aren't as popular as the Titanic, so that's sure. why I'm being a little more vague. But this mm-hmm. is a true story. Deal with it. So yeah. <laughs> right. it's like watching JFK and not knowing he's going to be assassinated. Later. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean the whole. Let's just put it this uh, way: Kevin's the only one alive. Can we just yes. say that? Uh, yes. That is like the whole gimmick of this movie. So. Um, my, I want to say this real quick, and I, I want to give props uh, to my wife, Amanda, because she well, we saw this movie and this is the first movie she ever saw where she continued crying when she left the theater. Wow. OK. Uh, like she was like, I tried to talk to her and she just like did this and her chin shaking and she's like crying still yeah. as we're walking through the theater. I mean, it was so impactful to her. Yeah. And so so uh, for anyone who may be. um a bit more of a, a casual viewer or may not have some of the hangups that we're having possibly mm-hmm. check yeah. this out because I actually still think this is really good and cool, yes. but I 100% mm-hmm. agree with you uh, mm-hmm. that the development was kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. It's trying to focus on Kevin because yeah. that's the person they can pull from. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, I think if you're going to do the brother and I, listen, I, I'm the critic here. I don't have to think of the logistics. That's right. not my job. So right. someone can figure this out. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to say that there's one way or another to do it. Maybe it would be too long. Maybe it would be too sad. Maybe, you know, whatever. But you need to develop all of these brothers because whenever yeah. one dies and you go, oh, well, obviously, like, yeah. eh, I don't get much out of that. Yeah. The other thing is I actually don't think I think the performances are very good. Mm-hmm. I do not think that they are gush worthy like some of yeah. these people do, especially right. getting mm-hmm. away from the main cast, especially Ric Flair yes. and Harley Race. <laughs> I'm just saying right. they were laughable. And uh-huh. I'm like, come on, you you legit can't put these people in and mm-hmm. have this. Give yeah. me a fucking dude. Harley Race's uh, promo mm-hmm. was on there. Yeah. Uh, someone playing him. And my wife like looked at me. And then she like looked at it, and I don't know exactly what that meant, but I interpreted it as like, is he serious? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> because it was so lame. But, but uh-huh. dude, such a wrestling fan. I already knew this yeah. story. I've seen documentaries on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Von Erich curse. So happy that it was made. Yes. Um, I think yes. it's still a good movie. It's mm-hmm. just like I gave it a three and a half out of five instead yeah. of a five, which is what I anticipated. Something up closer to that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, Still very good. Uh, it pro- it might get some attention mm-hmm. as we continue with awards and things. And if so, yeah. great. I would love to see more movies not afraid. Because right now we have uh, Cassandro and uh, yeah. The Iron Claw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those, yeah. Are, yeah. those are our two wrestling movies uh, mm-hmm. this, this year. But it would be really awesome to see more movies like this by people who are actually passionate about yep. what they're doing, and uh, I would love to see more. Anything else on the Iron Claw? Yeah, no, no. I was I was just gonna echo quickly the you know what you said about yeah, like don't take this as as me not you know as me panning the movie too much. Like it was a, a letdown. Um, but if you don't, especially if you don't know the story, please go see this. Um, I I think uh, more casual people have been you know more casual fans or um, viewers, I should say. Um, people who aren't necessarily necessarily wrestling fans, I think it hits is hitting them harder than than it did me. Yeah. Um, just because I expected so much more emotion that I didn't get. Um, but yeah, but I'm again, I'm excited about this. The wrestling is fantastic. You know, the wrestling action itself is fantastic. What little you see, 
and Chavo Guerrero was the choreographer and there's been a lot of, you know, to do about that. That's very cool. Um, but um, yeah, just the emotional beats let me down quite a bit and that's why it's a disappointment to me. Yep. 100% agree. Um, I want to jump really quickly and I don't want to harp on this too long, but I'm just going to jump through my horror little list real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, I have a very low bar for new horror, Mm -hmm. uh, or expectations. Like I don't expect them to be good. Mm -hmm. Um, if they are, I'm surprised there's usually one or two really good ones a year. You know, like, like, what was it? Whenever hereditary came out, it's like, Oh fuck. (laughs) <laughs> or yes. like uh you know like i was a huge fan of the conjuring 2013 that's the movie you mm-hmm. know and then one year was um the one uh the the std movie um oh yeah it follows it follows <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i love that you just knew it um but yeah, yeah it follows was like the yeah. big one get out was the big one that year so it's like every year kind of has its uh, like horror darling right sure. um <clears throat> this year I would assume maybe the horror darling is talked to me. I'm not sure if that's kind yeah, of that's yeah. one of them. I think that's yes. talked about. I, um, so. I actually thought that was a pretty decent horror. Like I had a yeah. really good time with that one. I, I was it, very let down by it. It's, that's that would be another one that I think that I heard a lot of good things about, and then I watched it. and I was like, I don't really see it. I don't. I don't. I know. expected I, it to not be great. Yeah. So it ended yeah. up surpassing my bar, though I yeah. didn't. I didn't love any of these love, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, but I thought that's why I used the term. I have decent horror in parentheses. Next <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, I would go watch ahead. it again. The, yeah. the the last third is a mess. Let's just say uh-huh. that. But but the yeah. the whole lead up and everything, I, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a it's a pretty good premise. I, I love the premise, I think, more than than the actual. And it was more toward the end. You know, you mentioned that kind of fell apart. But go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Completely yeah, go ahead. wrecks at the end, yeah. to be honest. Mm-hmm. But but I still think it's kind of worth seeing if you're a big horror fan. That's the key. That's sure. the very big qualifier. Mm-hmm. If you're just going to watch horror anyways and you don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, yep. The Evil Dead Rises I had a lot of fun with as well. Uh, yep. Not like great, uh, mm-hmm. but decent horror. Like yep. I also would recommend that for horror fans, that qualifier. I, I yep. do want to say two things, though. One, the movie Megan surprised me. Uh-huh. I don't love this movie either. This is like a three yeah. out of five tops for me. Uh-huh. Okay. However, yeah. I saw it like th- two or three times <laughs> because I saw <laughs> okay. it with my wife and then I saw it with uh-huh. my daughter. And I don't think I saw it again. So maybe just twice. Yeah. And after the second time, I was like, I kind of like this movie. I just don't like care if I ever see it again. And that's okay. kind of the way that it was in my mind, where it was like, I kind of had a fun time with this. Um, so uh, just a shout out to that movie that came out in like fucking January or something. It was yes. like so long ago. Ever ago, yeah. And then The Exorcist Believer, uh, in the end, let me down. Uh-huh. Uh, because I thought it was going to be fucking awesome, but I got to give it props for something. And this is another, if you're a horror fan, I think I know what you're going to say, <laughs> check it out. But I actually thought that the way they use the kids mm-hmm. was actually fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the makeup, the performances they got out of them. Uh, like I thought that was all pretty, pretty great. Yeah. Um, it's all the other shit in between. I was not a fan of. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. um, pretty much everything once they're possessed and they're being weird. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty into all of that actually. Still though, again, my bar is so low. Check it out. Not great. None of oh. these are great. I would say. But yeah. hey, I just wanted to throw some props because I feel like with action movies and new horror movies, I shit on them a lot, and I just want to <laughs> throw 
just throw some love because there's they're nowhere near my top 10 okay yeah uh, actually actually i'll tell you exactly where they are megan mm. is 39 below creed 3 and i'm still saying uh-huh check it out exorcist <laughs> is 38 so it's right above it <laughs> yeah okay 32 yeah. is evil dead rise and talk to me is 22 that's as close as any horror is oh. getting uh to my list so um uh, just a heads up, like understand that's the qualifier there. However, yeah. um, I just wanted to shout those out real quick. Now, Joe, sure. I'm going to pass it to you because I just talked too long. Yeah. Uh, some interesting movies you have. Yeah. Uh, what are you pitching the people yeah. that you well, want them to see? Well, the, I'll, we can transition um, in a, a subtle way if you want, because a couple of these are, are horror movies. Um, and and I, um, you know, I'll, I'll sort of... I'll kind of, I guess, kind of agree with you in, in terms of, you know, there's a, always a lot of just like trash horror movies that come out. Um, I really enjoyed one called Oracle. Um, and I actually had it in my top 10 until very late in the year. Um, and that's, I believe that was a Shudder movie, if I recall. It's, no, it's on Max. So it, it's on uh, Max now. Um, but um, it's it's about a, uh, a young a girl, a teenage girl, um uh who is she's black and she goes to she takes uh, a job as a nanny at an old plantation that was the site of a slave revolt um back you know in the 1800s and you know people died and you know so it's now is considered um possessed you know by ghosts you know it's haunted and and so she goes and of course her her boss is a white woman and she's sort of your typical. She played by Heather Graham, so she's your kind of your typical, um, uh, kind of like get out white ally type person. You know, she's like, oh, like some horrible things happened here. Please, like, just you know, like, don't pay any mind to that. Um, yeah. Like, I love black people. You know, like she's one of those type of people. Um, and so she ends up um, having to go. This girl has to go and babysit these children, uh, the the woman's children, by them by herself overnight. And of course, like ghosts start coming out, and it's crazy. And there's like, it, it's just it's a lot of fun for a movie that uses kind of pretty standard horror tropes. It ends up it's executed very well. Um, there's some cleverness, a lot of fun um, kind of twists that kind of bounce around. You never really know who's doing what, you know, or who knows about what or what part they play. And then, and there's just kind of those, you know, there, there's those typical things where, you know, there's the best friend who's, you know, cynical and there's kind of that kind of scream ish um, kind of relationship where she's like, this is where you go to die. You know, like she's got that kind of like knowledge. Um, and then of course she gets involved later on, but it, there's, it's just, it's a fun sort of low key movie. It has a little bit of wit. It has a lot of kind of fun scares. And um, it, it's just a nice little twist on, like I said, just kind of a well-worn genre, you know, uh, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I would recommend that uh, you can check out on, on uh, Max right now. Max. Yeah, so yeah. I, yeah. <clears throat> this one wasn't even on my radar, but I have, I just have to read. And this is, this is a, this is a two-star review. So please take that into consideration. But there's a guy named Josh yeah. Rowley on Letterboxd <laughs> that just, it's just word colon, or words, semicolon, words, semicolon, you know, and it's just yeah. derivative, engaging, yeah. head scratching, short, <laughs> tropey, uneven, watchable. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's, that's how, how I, I like interpret yeah. reading it. Uh, yeah. I love that. Um, I, yeah. Okay. 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 I, 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 I would I would watch it. I, I liked it a lot more than two stars, but 
yeah, um, I, know. I I don't disagree with anything that he said, honestly. Um, that it was, but it was a lot, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with it. And, uh, the other one, um, well, there's, I guess there's technically two others that could be called horror. Um, I'm going to talk about the one I haven't talked about, um, on a previous podcast first. Um, and that's one called birth rebirth. Um, and this was, I think this is from IFC films and I don't, I, I'm trying to see, you can rent it. Um, you can watch it on AMC plus, um, but so this is about a a uh, woman, a, a nurse whose her daughter dies, like she gets sick and dies. And she happens to be at this hospital where there's a morgue technician who is doing some Frankenstein shit. She's um, working with trying to reanimate dead tissue. And she um, takes the daughter's body secretly and reanimates her successfully and the the mother um who is a nurse um at, i think she's a nurse at that hospital or at a nearby hospital so she ends up she learns about this and she of course you know goes to the the woman's house the, and and this is the woman uh the sorry the the morgue technician is played by Marin Ireland um who you might recognize from things and then the the nurse the mother is Judy Reyes who is in um i know her from Orange is the New Black i believe um so they're they're quasi recognizable um you know stars and there's just a lot of weird things happen this is one of those movies where weird things start to happen and they just keep happening and keep getting weirder there's a weird pig the uh the the morgue uh, technician um sorry i'm going to use her name <laughs> use her character's name uh rose is her name she like has this pig that was dead that she brought back to life that's a, a you know that's like her pet and then um Celie is the the other character. Celie Morales is Judy Reyes's character, and so she's like very. Of course, this is like my daughter just died, but now she's alive. So there's a lot of like kind of pet cemetery vibes going on, and it's it's not again not a great movie, but it's it's sort of thought provoking and it does interesting things and it's worth uh, it's worth if you if you're stumbling across it and looking for something a little weird, it's certainly uh, you could spend a, a worse ninety. Uh, let's see hour 41 so 100 minutes or so yeah yeah it's 96 minutes actually it's yeah. real short oh, okay. um yeah, yeah real easy uh yeah. another one not even on my list of stuff yeah. to watch let alone did i see it so great uh <laughs> suggestion there uh-huh. uh good to know what was the third yeah. one that you the, the third one uh again it was on was on my top 10 list that's when evil lurks um and i just wanted to talk a little bit more about it it's from argentina um it is insane it it's a movie that does things that um kind of american horror films or most american horror films certainly studio type films would not dare do um and it's a a a couple of guys again it's a demon possession sort of thing um a guy a couple of guys out in the out in the uh the rural areas i i guess of i think it's argentina they um they learn about this man who was infected by a demon, like not possessed, like, I mean, not necessarily possessed, but he's infected. So he's like bloated and swollen and disgusting. He looks like the guy from Dune, uh, the Harkonnen guy from, from the original yeah. Dune. <laughs> and he's like, he's horrible and pus filled. And, and um, so they are like, we've got to like kill this guy. And they're like, no, you can't kill him or you'll doom us all. And I, I feel like there's some legend kind of attached to this, um, but um, I'm not real familiar with it. But there's the the whole the whole idea is if they kill the man, 
then they're basically unleashing this demon upon the countryside and it will run rampant. And so they try to take the guy and there's just a, just a very painful scene where they're trying to take this guy who really can't be moved and there are just like things leaking from him and just horrible things happening. Um, and uh, of course they, they lose his body and um, they do indeed, of course, unleash this evil upon the, the, um, the countryside and my God, the things that happen. <laughs> I'm just letting talking. you know, hold on. I have <laughs> silently a clip playing. Yeah. Because there, I want to see this craziness. Yeah. And I just want to say one thing. Uh-huh. There's a little girl sitting next to a dog. Jesus, yes. And the dog scene. straight up just attacks this little girl. Yes. And in a very, very effective way. Yes. Um, in a way, like you said, America would never do. Right. And then there was another clip. It was like a compilation of fucked up shit in this movie, uh-huh. basically. And I, I saw a woman walking around holding the corpse yes, of a yes. child. I don't know what they were doing, so I can't spoil it. Eating the brains, like I don't, yeah. I don't know what was happening. Like yeah. it's a popcorn tub, like, yes. <laughs> and it's, but it's like not done in a funny way. Like that was a very right. fucked up thing. Yeah, I am fucking in, bro. Yeah, that this is a this is not it's not for the faint of heart. Yeah, I I would say that, but um, yeah, don't don't go expecting your typical, um, your typical boo scares, and then everybody chuckles like this is disturbing horror and there's and there's a a a fun i don't want to say fun there's an interesting kind of subplot in there about one of the main characters who is sort of a deadbeat dad and he's um trying to rescue his children and it yeah and there there are legitimately two or three moments that are just jaw dropping like holy shit what just happened um things that that go on that will mess with you for a while after you're done watching this so um yeah yeah, if if you're not if you are not into really disturbing horror, maybe you skip this. But if you want to push the envelope a little bit, this is a good one to do that with because it's it's very good. It's uh, I believe it's a Spanish language movie, um, so you know it's subtitled. So don't be a baby, um, and you know watch like watch your your movie, and you know and enjoy it. Read your movie. Put your phone down. And uh, <laughs> and and enjoy this movie. This is just very good. So that that's about it. I think I'll I can stop with that. Um, yeah, yeah. When, I, I just want to say that if my buddy Thrasher's listening, uh, shout out. I'll probably get a text as soon as he hears this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, this is the movie for you. It sounds my buddy Thrasher will definitely laugh watching this. I'm just letting yes. you know. <laughs> All right. Just because, like, have you seen In Bruges? You've seen In Bruges, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. You know the sequence. He'll love that I'm telling this. Uh, that where uh, uh, Brennan Gleeson and and Colin Farrell are sitting on the park bench mm-hmm. after a pretty dramatic moment happens, and yeah. and he just starts crying. He goes, "I shot a little boy," and he like <laughs> says it like that. And yeah. dude we're watching this and it's real intense. And my buddy Thrasher yeah. just busts a gut laughing. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like laughing so hard at this thing. At least that's how I remember it. And, uh, both another friend of ours and I just look at him like, what the fuck is wrong with you? dude? Right. Like, like it's like the <laughs> darkest moment in the movie. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, so anyways, that's great. That's great. Uh, I'm going to hop in because I have, I have a title that will 
be on both of ours, and I'll let you take over from there. Uh, I want to give a couple, and I'm just going to tell these really quickly because these are really early movies that I think I might have even talked about back in January or February. Mm -hmm. Um, But the first one was one that you and I got a screener for, which is uh, When You Finish Saving the World. This was on my top 10 until like December, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, uh, I actually really liked that movie personally, so I was really into it. So if anybody gets a chance to see this movie um, at this point now, because it's out, I believe, and everything, please, uh, Mm -hmm. if you're into like mid 2000s, like, quote unquote, indie movies, uh, this yes. feels as authentic as it's going to get to that uh, era of of yeah. those. So I was a big fan of that. The other one I want to give a shout out to that is just some throwaway fucking documentary. I thought that I just threw on and ended up being captivated by and mm-hmm. dare I say teared up in multiple occasions was Pamela a love story also oh. on my top 10 until like fucking November or December. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, about Pamela Anderson and it's. It's it's just I don't know why it was emotional to me. I just think it's one of those things where it's like you don't think it's going to be that great, especially if you don't have a particular affinity for Pamela Anderson. If she's just like a person, you might be like, oh, why would I watch this? I actually just thought it was done really well. And it goes through like HBO doing the the uh, Pam and Tommy show. And she didn't want that to happen. And it just it, dude, it's just like uh I just thought it was really good is what I'm saying. Yeah. I remember talking to Sam about it. I don't know if we were recording at the time, mm-hmm. um, but I was a big fan of that doc. So if you're interested in just throwing a doc on, even mm-hmm. if it's just while you're fucking cleaning the house or something, but you can pay yeah. enough attention, I think it's pretty good. And I think by halfway it'll get you is what good. I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the one that's on that both of us want to talk about, I know, is Kokomo City. Yeah. And uh, I, I want to start this and then I'll pass it off to you. I only have two more after this. So, um, okay. uh, but I'll pass it off to you for some more of yours. Mm-hmm. But Kokomo City, last last episode, you said uh, you talked about the beginning. Yes. Where, where this, this trans sex worker mm-hmm. is talking about uh, how this guy came in and he had a gun. And so she basically attacks this guy and takes his gun yeah. because she is afraid, like many sex workers, that they're going to basically rape them in heart and like kill them yeah, yeah. um it, it ends up and and i think that's fair uh it ends up kind of being an overreaction i think in terms of uh i think that's kind of how they say it i mean i'm not making that projection yeah. um and the person leaves and they're like oh fuck yeah cool and they start texting you know <laughs> she starts <laughs> yeah. texting with this guy because right. like she has his gun now and and all this and um basically they just keep talking and he's like i wasn't gonna do anything blah 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 <laughs> And uh, she ends up inviting him back. Yeah. <laughs> and they they have sexual relations. <laughs> yes. um, and I just thought that was so captivating uh-huh. and so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this this documentary, which is like 71 minutes or something, mm-hmm. it's really short. Um, yeah. But it's uh, man, what a, what a. It skirts the line of really kind of sad and also really funny like i i I think it really kind of hits both what what did you love about this yeah that's yeah yeah those things it it does that it it has that sense of of course there's like this sadness and this kind of you know this is like this rough life but there's also sort of a weird kind of joy in it uh at times And, and that story is is one where you just think like what kind of life in 
but then you kind of see like it, that's not that's not always the way it works like there's a lot of like it, i don't want to say rewarding things that's weird to say that but i think i think there maybe is i think some of them are, are talking about this isn't like necessarily a, a situation where these are people forced into this life you know they're they not that they choose it necessarily but also they're not forced into it this isn't like you're you're hard hitting like let's understand the trans sex workers you know kind of thing although it's very frank and it has a lot of you know it has a lot of sort of sad moments and depressing moments but also there's just a weird energy to it that is like you said is captivating and, and interesting and and even fun sometimes um so it, it's it it was just i don't know it was just so it took me it caught me off guard you know i i watch a fair amount of documentaries and and a lot of them kind of run together and it turns into this like be sad for this person or be sad for these people or you know like here's a massive injustice happening uh, you know or here's something that's happening because of x y and z and this just kind of takes a snapshot of of people uh who are a not insignificant group uh, you know a kind of subset of of society and i don't know they normalize them to a degree they um you know they they don't present them as freaks or the butt of a joke or you know things like that they're these are all very real people doing real things and and it's it's just it's just totally interesting and every minute of that movie was just a, a time I couldn't take my eyes off. I, I, I absolutely sat down to watch this with my phone in hand, expecting to kind of gloss through it. And I, in about, you know, from that opening scene, my phone was down and I was watching intently and it was, it was a fantastic experience. I'll say it's shot in a way that's so captivating too. Yeah. It's like black and white. I think most of it is at least. Yeah. And, uh, but they'll cut to these weird, shots that are clearly like either not reenactments but like um like dramatizations yeah yeah I mean. like kind of these dramatizations but they're like also very artfully done so it's, mm -hmm. it's not they're not trying to be realistic per se it's like yeah. something different but if anything this normalizes trans yeah. sex workers because it talks mm -hmm. a lot about oh yeah you'd be surprised like let me let me actually rephrase that before i go into uh -huh. that it is a representation of our hegemonic culture mm-hmm as well as a normalization of trans sex workers. The reason I make that clarification is they address that the norm in the U.S. culture is that trans sex workers is weird or gross or taboo or whatever, mm -hmm. right? And they sure. address this, right? Mm -hmm. But they address it in a way where it's like, yeah, but this bitch comes and sees me whenever his wife's at home. You know, like you know, right, like, yeah. Like they're all they're they're all just talking about like everyone wants this here, wherever mm -hmm. they are. Right, right. I forget where they are, but it's like everyone wants this, uh -huh. but like no one will admit it because it's yes. too taboo still. And then yeah. you have these like you have men that that are very open about enjoying trans sex workers and and uh, and they talk about. Uh, and 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 kind of provide an allyship for that normalization as well. And uh, uh, dude, it's 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 one of those movies that um, I found really captivating. And regardless of how much or less than expected, I loved it in terms of like a rating or something. Yeah, um, I think this is as good as it can be. Like what it's trying yeah. to do, it's like no one's gonna do it better. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yes, yes. Like this exactly is just right. with what it's trying to do. It's just as good as it will be. It's very mm-hmm. good. Uh, very cool. Yeah. 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 Yes. What else? Yeah. So, all right. So I, I can move on to my next one, I think. Um, and, and I might, uh, you know, you know what? I'll gloss over real quick because I want to maybe you want to spend a minute or two on this last one. Um, the, a couple of others that, that I wanted to mention bottoms, which we talked about last week, um, uh, there was a remake of uh, The River Wild, the Curtis Hansen movie that uh, Meryl Streep was in, that I wanted to hate because I loved the movie The River Wild. But it was really a fun, uh, it was re- kind of a fun reimagining of that film. Um, and it's one I recommend. It was straight to video. Taron Killam, of all people, from Saturday Night Live is in it, in a very serious role. Um, Adrian Brody, Leighton Meester. Um, isn't it also uh, she was in I don't know she was in a bunch of like movies in the early teens she was in um, I don't know the roommate or something it's a couple of bad movies she's been on TV but like these are all people you've probably seen in things um, but uh, it's it's just a it's a surprisingly fun made much better than than I thought I, I saw that and I rolled my eyes so hard you could hear it and I was like no this is going to be an abomination and I sat down to hate watch it and I was ready to pair it with white men can't jump. And I was like, no, this is just a fun movie. Um, Hate watch it. <laughs> yeah. And so, so check that out. I won't spend too much time on it. There's another one called your lucky day um, that I actually got a uh, Blu-ray um, uh, cover quote on. So um, I was pretty, pretty proud of that. That's um, so there's uh, your lucky day is about it's um, it stars. Um, Angus Cloud, who died of a of a drug overdose shortly after the movie was done filming, and it's about a guy who, uh, or you know, a group of people basically fighting over a winning lottery ticket. So basically, this guy walks into a convenience store with with a winning lottery ticket worth, you know, two hundred million dollars or something, and um, and the people immediately start fighting over it, and it turns into this hostage drama, and it's. It's a, another movie where there's just a lot of twists and turns and, uh, you know, it, it plays with your loyalties a little bit. You know, the characters you think you should be on their side, maybe you're maybe you shouldn't be and, you know, kind of vice versa. Um, that, that's one uh, certainly worth checking out uh, and, and read my quote on the cover on the back cover of it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's called Your Lucky Day. Um, you mentioned Cassandro earlier. I was going to put that on my list as the, the other wrestling movie that was good, but not great. Um, I, I wish it would have done just a little bit more than it did, but it was certainly worth watching. Also, um, it's uh, Gail Garcia Bernal um, playing the title character, the uh, openly gay uh, uh, professional wrestler. Uh, he was a, a luchador, you know, from Mexico, so um, he uh, he was an exotico, um, but wanted to be a serious luchador. Anyway, that's wrestling terminology that you can you'll learn when you watch the movie. Um, worth watching, not great um i never got around to it even though i wanted yeah. to yeah, yeah yeah it's 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 worth watching it's not the the wrestling action is not as good as the iron claw for example but it's still not terrible um it, it's certainly better than you know early things like you know ready to rumble and you know like i don't know whatever uh nacho libre which i, I enjoyed nacho libre quite a bit but um anyway it it kind of short changes the um the the aspect of him being gay and you know the kind of the inroads he had to make there um it shortchanges it just a little bit but it still is very worth seeing 
Um, it, it is, I'd call it a good movie. It's a solid, you know, three and a half star kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but the one that I really want to talk about is one that was not on my radar at all. And it's called Dick's the Musical. God now, damn it, Joe. <laughs> now, Dick's the Musical <laughs> is is very, very under the radar. So it's it is directed by Larry Charles. Um, it stars. It's also an A twenty four movie. I just want to throw yes, out it there, is. which is yes, a it is. bizarre um, it, thing. Yes, among the cast are Nathan Lane, Megan Mullally, uh, Bowen Yang from Saturday Night Live, who is a national treasure. Um, Megan the Stallion, and then two guys that I didn't know, Josh Sharp and Aaron Jackson. Um, they are the leads of this film. They also wrote uh, the wrote this, and it's it's sort of a Parent Trap vibe with young yuppie cocky types, and it's this just bizarre thing, and. It's the you know they start with their you know like bragging about their sexual prowess and how many women they've been in bed with and how they're masculine men and then we get into this whole thing with Nathan Lane and his sewer boys they and Megan Mullally and there's a thing there that happens that I don't even want to necessarily talk about, um, but there there's a lot of exploration of sexuality so they there's actually a, an, an epigraph at the beginning where they talk about how the uh the lead character the lead actors are both gay playing straight and how brave they were for doing that and you know that's kind of like a, an interesting you know that's an interesting take on you know like the broke back mountain phenomenon right where it's like this guy was straight but he's playing gay and that's so brave and so you know and it's like and meanwhile like gay men for decades before like what's the big deal like i've been playing straight forever <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, it's like rock hudson was like i was yeah. just about to say yeah yeah let, ask rock <laughs> hudson about it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so you know it's uh, i i don't want to say too much about it because it's partially i feel like you won't believe me if i tell you but um and and i'll even hesitate to call it a recommendation but if you want to see is Nick Offerman's also in this, by the way, I, which I forgot about because um, uh, I'm scrolling through the IMDb list while I'm talking. But um, yeah, if you want to see something very out there, if you're like, you know, you just got a wild bug and you're like, I need to see something insane. Um, find Dick's the musical and put it on, put it in. Um, no pun intended. Um, but, um, I didn't even. I, I'm usually the person that catches it, and I didn't. I didn't even yeah. mean to say that. But um, it is. It's the craziest time I had watching a movie this year, um, and that in, includes these other movies I mentioned today. Um, yeah, it it's it has to be seen to be, to be believed, and it goes so far past norms the the norms we were just talking about. It yeah. goes so far beyond um, in ways that I couldn't even expect. And listen, the sewer boys, if you want, I, I was just, the, the trailer is playing here kind of on silent and they actually show the sewer boys, which I, I would actually recommend you not learn who they are before. If you're going to watch this um, because you want it to be a surprise, but they made me laugh so much. Like the instant I saw them was such a shock that I just burst out laughing. And this is, and they interact a great deal with Nathan Lane and, and Megan Mullally. And I'm just like, what is happening? 
Um, and that's not even the craziest part about this movie. There is something that happens even crazier than that that I don't even want to say um, just because it exceeds the bounds of good taste. So I have to I have to <laughs> read another quote from Letterboxd. It is also a, a, a negative, but l- let me just say this real quick. Yeah. I remember uh, I had two critics back in about 2009 to about 2004. 13 or 14 or so 13 probably mm-hmm. it was before i wrote for like the film yap and all that stuff so yeah. sometime between 2009 and then where mm-hmm. if it were like um like uh art films or dramas or things like um uh like the american with george clooney like a movie like yes. that or something uh-huh. i loved getting roger ebert's take when he was alive yeah because i often agreed with them on certain parts of what he did Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't like other sides of what he did, I guess. Yeah. And then there's a guy named James Bardinelli who was the other side that I didn't like with Ebert was him. Yeah. So it was like I had these two where I just kind of knew probably where I'd fall because mm-hmm. I tended to agree with them. And I remember I was looking for horror movies. This would have been after 2010 because I wasn't into horror movies before then. And I finally made myself just start watching a bunch of classics. Uh, watching a bunch of stuff. I was trying to find movies. And uh, Roger Ebert talked about Wolf Creek from 2003 mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Whenever it was, 2005, whatever. And he gave it zero stars. And mm-hmm. all he did was ravaged this movie. I, it I think was I remember that review. Yeah. Brutal. And guess mm-hmm. what? Yeah. It made me want to see it more than anything else he wrote about at the time. Yes. I hated that movie personally. However, yeah. it my point is the negative review motivated me to actually see it. And I don't like what this review I'm about to say about Dick's the Musical is because <laughs> I very, very much hate the Westboro Baptist Church. Uh-huh. But it says a vision of what the Westboro folks imagine the queer community to be. <laughs> <laughs> Which all that's, that's saying is like a very hype, hyperbolic, just like uh-huh. stereotypes. You know, I know yeah. that they're probably playing with those things, but mm-hmm. I love that little one sentence thought of this movie. That's, it that's makes a, me want to see it. <laughs> yes, that's that's as apt as anything I can think of. Yes. Very um, funny. Yeah, I yeah, I can. Yes. Yeah. My God. The more I think about it, I'm like, yes, that's exactly what this is. Maybe that's what they were going for. Um in, in making this movie because that's is that's as good a synopsis as I can possibly think of. That's really funny. Uh, so I, I have two, um, one of which was on my top 10. It sat at about number eight or nine, mm-hmm. eight to 10, somewhere in that, in that space uh, since I saw it until honestly, no joke until um, I think I saw sanctuary, which was my number 10. Mm-hmm. And that booted this out. So this is actually my number 11, I believe. Let me double check that real quick. Yes. Uh, arbitrary numbers, but just for the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is uh, Bo is Afraid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this honestly was a letdown for me as well, because I thought this was going to be a fucking masterpiece. And this was barely a four out of five for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and But it's, it's one of those movies that I appreciate more than I enjoy if i can use that phrase yeah because it's like god damn is is ari aster just really going out there like <laughs> i'm kind of glad that he made this movie you know what uh-huh. i mean like he got it out of his system and he n- not that he shouldn't make more like this but it's pretty uh-huh. abstract 
and uh, it really jumps around and it's convoluted in, in kind of a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also just not, it, it, it straddles a line where it's like, it's exactly the kind of movie I would love. And at the same time, it's exactly the type of movie that won't quite connect with me. And so yeah. I'm somewhere in there. Um, but I, I, I ended up airing toward the four out of five um, because I really appreciated it more. And, and I did have a good time with it. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, it is a bizarre experience. A whole lot of fun. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is great. I love that he like there's just a scene where you see that he has these huge testicles and they mm-hmm. really just don't ever address it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll keep that vague, but it's like at least yeah. when you see them very early on when he's about to take a bath. And then you're just like, and then that they just are right. <laughs> like, and I'm just like, okay, that's weird. Like, yeah. I just love all of these things. There's a point where um, there's a, there's a, the news talks about a guy that just runs around stabbing people outside. It's mm-hmm. just like a thing. And yeah. of course he like, this guy sees Joaquin Phoenix because he's like agoraphobic pretty much. He's like terrified to leave his house. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just a bizarre movie. Some people call it a horror movie anyways, even though I don't think it really is. Some people call it straight up a comedy, which I also kind of don't think it fully <laughs> is. It's like it, it sits somewhere in the ether between. Right. Yeah. Um, but it is by no means, in my opinion, like mm-hmm. hereditary or midsummer. Uh, this yeah. is very much a different direction for him. But you can, I think, tell that it's this, like knowing it's the same guy. I think you can see that if you didn't know it was the same guy. I don't know if people would get it. Uh, yeah. But I, I actually really enjoyed Bo is Afraid, though. And it's a movie that grew on me. It sat with me for a while. Like I said, it started off. I gave it a three and a half out of five. And yeah. it's one of those movies that just kind of simmered with me through as time went on and kind of moved up and down in my top 10 for a while mm-hmm. uh, in a better year. I don't think it would have been on my top 10, um, but yeah. this year it was the mm-hmm. other movie I wanted to talk about. Did you see Bo is afraid by the way? I did not watch that. Um, I, I think maybe we glossed over that over last week that that was a movie that I could have sat down to watch a few times and I kind of just didn't want to because i mean it's three fucking hours long so. yeah that's that's the first reason not just that it's three hours long because you know again we you know we went over this last week you know about a good movie is never long enough and you know a bad movie is never short enough or whatever the expression is but um i just kind of felt like that combination of of joaquin phoenix with with ari aster would make something that would wear on me and I think that length of movie would very much wear on me in a way that I don't want it to. So I just <laughs> kind of I just kind of kept making small choices not to watch it on a certain days. And then the and then the year was over and I was like, OK, I'm still fine with that choice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope listeners and I'm not pushing this on you, but uh, yeah. I hope that listeners, uh, if they feel like if they're into Hereditary and Midsummer, just want to see what that dude did next and like yeah. Joaquin Phoenix and. I would I would draw it more akin to something like um of course it leaves my mind Synecdoche New York like yes. a Charlie Kaufman sure mm-hmm. like it feels like a movie Charlie Kaufman wrote and then Ari Aster's like oh <laughs> yes. wait 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 let me take it and change it a little bit and then like uh-huh. make it like it feels very much like that um yeah. it, I I like Charlie Kaufman light I hate to make it sound negative but uh yeah. 
Charlie Kaufman's like a genius to me. So like, sure. <laughs> so, uh, so I can't quite say it's a one-to-one, but uh, if you're into like the Charlie Kaufman movies, like Synecdoche or uh, what was the one that he did? Uh, uh, I, I don't feel like living anymore or what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to I don't want to be here anymore or something. Yeah. L- look it up cuz I got to remember yeah. what that is. But of course, you know he wrote things like uh I'm thinking of ending things. I'm That's thinking the, of ending things. Yes. Yes. One, so yeah. uh a movie another movie that was l- like hit me a little cold after I watched it and holy shit did that movie not simmer to a much uh-huh. higher rating. Yeah. It ended up in my top 10. I think it was number 10 actually yeah, when we yeah. did our top 10. I actually really liked that. But uh, anyway, so my, my the last movie I want to talk about, at least because I've already talked too long, mm-hmm. is uh, is a, a movie that I actually ended up really liking, mm-hmm. and I didn't think I didn't know if I would like it this much, uh, but I did. And that's a dream scenario. Oh yeah, um, I had a really good time with this movie, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and there's something about uh, like there's a scene in the movie. Where so real quick uh, so the the gimmick is uh, Nicholas Cage is in this movie and he's uh-huh. doing uh, the only movie I can think of where he plays a character anywhere remotely like this because usually he's just all hyperbole and no reality right yeah um, but it, this is probably something more akin to like speaking of Charlie Kaufman uh, adaptation or something yeah. right like mm-hmm. so, something a bit closer to that he's actually performing. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a character in this. He's not just something wacky. And I yeah. don't consider like Renfield like a character. No, I mean, yes, yeah. he is, but it's like it's, it's just ridiculous, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Dude, you get it. Yeah. Uh, but this one is like he's actually acting and mm-hmm. doing stuff and he's still ridiculous, but it's like in in like a great way, I think. Yes. And um, the problem is the whole gimmick of it. If you watch the trailer, it tells you this in spades is uh, he just starts showing up in people's dreams and then it becomes like hundreds and thousands of people's and millions of people's dreams to where he's on the news and people are seeing him and, mm-hmm. and he becomes like he's viral. He's a celebrity at this point. Yeah. Um, and uh, those dreams in people's minds start to evolve, which changes his life as the movie goes on. I thought that was such an interesting concept, but yeah. there's this one where, um, and it also tackles the idea of what of this is coincidence and what of this is subconscious where mm-hmm. people are hearing that this guy's in their dream. So now they're dreaming of him. Right. Yes. Um, but either way, it doesn't matter. Like some some people start to have these weird kinks where they're like, I want to live mm-hmm. my dream out with this guy. That's it's a sexual mm-hmm. thing. And uh, at, at I don't remember what he was doing exactly. I think he was like a conference or something. I can't remember, yeah. but he was out of town and he meets this young lady uh-huh. where uh, she's had these sexual dreams about him. She tells him and the scenes that they kind of play in the movie are great. Yeah. And then uh, she basically talks him into reenacting this at her apartment. And he's like, I'm married, you know, and she's like, you don't right. do anything you don't want to do. Will you just like do this for me? Yeah. And uh, it plays out obviously a little too far, maybe not as far as you're thinking by me saying that, but a little too far. But man, there's a super funny moment where something happens and he lets out a fart at this specific moment. And I think fart humor is very, very, has to be very specific to really get me. Okay. Cause Uh sometimes it can just be really childish or it can be whatever. And not to say I don't laugh at those, but Mm -hmm. I'm just saying in a movie like this, if mm-hmm. you just start fucking throwing in fart jokes, it's not going to work for me, right? Right. But man, yeah. this landed so fucking good, dude. <laughs> like, my wife and I started cracking 
up at this uh-huh. moment because it's also kind of subtle too because they don't make a big deal of it right yeah. like it, it just kind of it just happens um yeah. but there's a great fart joke and it's the reason it's one of the reasons i haven't seen swiss army man actually uh-huh. which i yeah. need to fucking watch that's but a every really time good i watch yeah. i know and i bet it is and i obviously yeah. we all loved everything everywhere all at once uh-huh. and i'm like man maybe like that movie, they can turn something that I think kind of seems stupid into something kind of great. And yeah. and I read about it. It sounds great. And every time I watch the trailer and he's just fucking farting and stuff, I'm like, this yeah. looks fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah. I'm sure yeah. the movie's great. I just I have to get past that. And I because uh-huh. I want to watch it. I actually just made a list recently of recent movies in the last 10 years, basically, that mm-hmm. I've missed. And that is on there. Like, I have yes. to see that movie. But anyways, so I'm not talking shit. I'm just saying mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I've had some hangups with that movie in the past. Um, mm-hmm. And and even something like uh, The Northman, yeah. like the scene where where Ethan Hawke and his son are like farting mm-hmm. and burping. And I yeah. fucking hate that. Uh-huh. I hate that. Yes. Like, I think it's funny when Willem Dafoe does it in The Lighthouse. Like, that's funny yeah. to me. Something works for me in that. But uh-huh. I fucking hate like when I think of The Northman, the uh-huh. first thought is that coming of age moment uh-huh. where he takes uh ethan hawk takes his kid to this cave to be a man and they're mm-hmm. burping and farting and sh- dude it just fucking ruins the memory of that when i watch it i like that movie a lot don't get me wrong but it's like that fucking scene almost ruins that movie for me <laughs> i fucking hate to, it I, I think you have the title wrong of that movie but i don't know what but the, the northman right the northman is the one with uh alexander skarsgård exactly it? yeah dude yeah. at the very beginning of that, in that yeah bro he plays oh. his dad before he eats it um and uh yeah ethan hawk is uh is his dad at the beginning he's like the king of their group okay, he's like okay. he's like the dude that gets killed that sets the whole thing off spoiler oh, okay. alert oh yeah Anyways, yeah there you go yeah you're okay yeah. yes you're right okay Fuck yes yeah, i had forgotten joe that. so like <laughs> uh but anyways yeah so but like they go into that fucking cave and they're burping and farting and shit and i fucking uh, hate that scene i just need everybody to know that yeah. again but okay. dream scenario fart humor done right the movie yeah. is not a fart humor movie, by the way. No, it, I just can't not. stress yeah. enough how like great that scene is. But the yeah. whole movie actually works really well. And there is a great moment that actually mm-hmm. got me choked up a little bit. But I am a complete mark for this kind of like emotional mm-hmm. thing. But it's a moment where uh, he and his wife uh, who have had trouble because of all of this fame and, and some yeah. of the weird shit that happens. Um, they have kind of a heart to heart in the street i'll just say it like that toward the end and there's something about that that actually just got me kind of like i don't know if i'd say choked up but pretty close you know like i found it very emotional i liked it what did you think of dream dream scenario yeah i i liked it i liked it a lot also actually that scene i didn't love the fart part in it i felt like i was just like "Uh, but i understand what you're saying because i but it's only because i think the rest of the scene like what's happening in that scene is <laughs> such a moment anyway. <laughs> He's cracking up. I'm now. dying. Yeah, I'm just thinking <laughs> about such, perfect. Uh, and again, we, we don't. I don't. I really don't want to say what it is that happens, but it is like it. It turns it into the wrong sort of cringe moment for me. I mean, it's as cringy a moment as you're gonna get. It's pretty in a cringy, movie. dude. Yeah. Sorry, that's my kids coming out. It'd be, but uh, um, it's it's such just a, a humiliation of a scene, and um, that but that scene was that scene is the centerpiece of the movie by like easily, and 
that one part i was just like it's that the, i think it's that they repeated it like he farted and then he did it again a couple seconds later oh i don't remember then, that but that yeah. that's that might i was probably laughing and yeah. just didn't get that yeah. because the first one's so good yeah but it's just like yeah it's it's such a yeah it's, it's just i don't know it's a deconstruction of like celebrity culture and like the viral culture and like online you know like like how we have online celebrities today like people doing like ridiculous or dumb things or things that they couldn't control um and then kind of cancel culture also kind of comes into play with it too yeah and it's 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 a, a really kind of fun and thoughtful movie and it's that that one scene though man it just like brings it all for full circle and elevates that movie <laughs> To a yeah. different level all i'll uh, say is my biggest issue i wouldn't even say my biggest i would say a, a scene that really kind of i just wish wasn't in the movie mm-hmm. it's not even that it's not accurate i bet I, 20 bucks uh, says mm-hmm. that if this was possible they would definitely do this but so, basically because he's in people's dreams like there are scientists that are working on ways to make that happen on purpose like yeah. being able to get into people's dreams. Yeah. And uh they st- once that technology is developed, they start using it to plant to plant ads in people's minds as yeah. like this capitalism mm-hmm. uh like we can make money doing this. Yeah. Um I fucking hate that shit. Like, yeah. And it, honestly, uh-huh. it's only like one scene. Like it's not yeah, even yeah. a big deal, but uh yeah, I really fucking hate it. Though Michael Sarah's in this. Yeah, uh, and for as much shit as that guy gets with people talking about how he's an asshole when to work with and stuff, I, I actually like mm-hmm. his scene in this. I th- I think yeah. he fits that sequence very well, and mm-hmm. everyone involved in those scenes. Uh, if you haven't seen this, I, I think you should definitely check it out. Again, uh, it may not be on your top ten, but it's a a hell of a fun time. I thought I I, yeah. I really have no major complaints other than that. And this isn't even like a complaint, really. It's not even like it's that bad. It's just there's like a whole fucking scene that takes too long is wasted on fucking advertising in your brain. Yeah. yeah. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Uh, <laughs> but aside from that, though, dude, this movie rules. Yeah, it's um, a fun movie. Yeah. Any last uh, things to say about any of these? Or Yeah, no, I I had a good time with, with these movies and, um, you know, kind of with 2023 in general. I think it, it turned out to be. A, a pretty solid year after you know like i said i i went through a lot of a lot of the year thinking it was going to be an extraordinarily weak year and then it it kind of you know the kind of the the prestige season movie so to speak came out and and really you know kind of largely delivered uh and there were a lot of surprises and you know i think a lot of these movies uh that we mentioned today were were pretty big surprises and um i think uh, some some things that kind of came out of nowhere for me so yeah just um you, you know go back if, if you're trying to catch up on certain things this year or uh, maybe some of these movies that you didn't catch um yeah co- you know go check those out they're they're certainly worth watching especially now when there's not a lot of like really great things happening in the in the movie world and and it's probably going to be pretty bad for a while after the strike <laughs> <laughs> that's going to catch up to us yeah and we're going to start having some bad movies but um, yep well yeah. um i yeah i'm i'm looking forward to seeing uh what we have in 2024 i've already started my list i mm-hmm. saw mean girls so my best of list has already started i'm going to keep those ranked for the rest of the year mm-hmm. and uh hopefully my hope is that our next episode will be us talking about our most anticipated of yeah. this year and um i think man you know, i i have to be honest as a preface 
there's not a whole lot on here that I'm like really fucking excited about. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think I can easily make a, a top five like we've done in the past. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I am excited to talk about 2024 based on how it looks yeah. now. But we will see, Joe, as mm-hmm. always, buddy. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. And that was Joe and I talking about the best film. Or no, 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 not the best. That was last week, actually. <laughs> I've been I've been sleeping. I promise. Uh, anyways, no, uh, we just talked about 2023. What a weird year! I can't say that I loved 2023 in the movies, though there are some real gems. Uh, as I said last week, Killers of the Flower Moon was uh, the closest thing to kind of really impressing me uh obviously we talked about oppenheimer though it didn't land quite as uh heavily as it did on other people it is a very impressive film i think and that's another one uh on the impressive side but honestly uh, a lot of the other stuff was less impressive and just more kind of impactful in some ways like anatomy of a fall but then you know we just talked about a whole bunch of movies winnie the pooh blood and honey can go suck a fart out of a dog's ass okay i fucking hate that movie but uh, you know, uh, what are you going to do? Uh, if you saw it or if you saw any of these movies and you agree or disagree, please hit us up on Instagram. You can find us at Medium Cool Pod. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. You can also email us at mediumcoolpod at gmail.com. I also see that as well. Uh, would love to interact and, and talk about these things. It'd be great. Next week, Joe and I are going to talk about our most anticipated films of this year, 2024. We are here. And so I'm looking forward to looking over my list that I've made on movies I'm anticipating this year and uh, see what short list I can come up with. So, hey, send me some of the ones you are most interested in. But until then, good night, good luck, and take it easy. <laughs>